The tales on this podcast are dark, sometimes scary, and full of adult themes. As a warning, the original story of the Red Buffalo Woman contains depictions of violence and murder. Please exercise caution for children under 13. One night on the edge of the Nigerian wilderness, a buffalo with coarse red hair lurked behind a tree. Its head swiveled in the darkness, watching, waiting. When the giant animal was satisfied that there were no lions or other predators nearby, it stepped into the open. It lumbered over to a termite mound and began pawing at it, but the buffalo wasn't looking for food. Suddenly, in the moonlight, the buffalo's skin began to crack and change. A wide seam opened up along its belly. From it emerged a goddess named Oya. Even covered with a residue of blood, she was breathtakingly beautiful. After a moment, she removed the rest of the buffalo skin, folded it neatly, and hid it under the termite mound. She made one final survey to make sure no one was watching, and then she snuck away into the night. Little did she know, at that very moment, a god was watching her and plotting how to tame the Red Buffalo Woman once and for all. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You're listening to Tales, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of another fairy tale. You can find all episodes of Tales and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free exclusively on Spotify. This week, we're stalking the Red Buffalo Woman. This traditional West African narrative follows Oya, a deity who maintains a double life as a wild animal. Coming up, Oya makes a sacrifice to protect her secret. Red Buffalo Woman comes to us from the Yoruba people of West Africa, who have a rich culture and storytelling tradition. Many of their folktales center around divine spirits called Orishas. Historians estimate that the Yoruba have at least 1,700 Orishas. Some, like Oya, the Red Buffalo Woman, are more well-known and are worshipped as gods. There are numerous versions of the Red Buffalo story, but one of the most complete English variations comes from Judith Gleason's 1987 book, Oya, in praise of an African goddess. The book, along with the Red Buffalo Woman, chronicles the Yoruba people's history and religion. They told stories of men, women, animals, and, of course, of divine spirits lurking in the dark. Oya stirred a hot cauldron of oil. Every few moments, she dropped in another iru, a seasoning made out of fermented locust bean seeds. The aroma of the savory condiment permeated her clothing and the village market where she set up shop every day. Oya didn't have to work here. After all, she was a divine being, or orisha, But when she wasn't roaming free as a buffalo, she enjoyed human pleasures as well. She liked to drink wine and indulge in her favorite foods, goat meat, yams, and akara, or fried bean fritters. Working in the market gave her access to all her favorite things. Not to mention, she enjoyed meeting various people. Most of the time, they were friendly and generous. But once in a while, there were strange characters that her animal instincts warned her about. 
One afternoon, she was approached by a peculiar man. She had never seen him in the market before. He eyed her from afar and then finally approached. He introduced himself as Ogun, an Orisha like her. Oya had heard of him, but they'd never met. He was known as the Chief of the Hunters, and he had several divine wives. After complimenting her beautiful eyes, Ogun asked to buy some of her seeds. Except when he reached into his pockets, a frown stretched across his face. I seem to have dropped my money pouch, he said to Oya. If you come by my house tonight, I promise to pay you. Oya shook her head at him. Nice try, she said. I've heard that line before. But Ogun insisted she could trust him. He explained that he planned to make an offering to the god Ifa tonight, and he needed the seeds as gifts. Oya understood the importance of making sacrifices to gods, especially Ifa, but she didn't want to be inconvenienced by this man's lack of preparation. Ogun clasped his hands together. Please, he pleaded. If you come to my home, I'll pay you twice what I owe you. After a moment, Oya's skepticism faded. Perhaps he was telling the truth. Besides, standing in the way of an offering to Aoife could be bad luck for her. So she agreed to visit his home to pick up the money. Ogun gave her directions and they shook hands. Later that evening, Oya packed up her shop. She usually headed directly into the wilderness to retrieve her buffalo skin, but tonight that would have to wait. She had to pick up the money from Ogun. The few coins that he owed did not mean much to Oya. What mattered to her was the principle. If someone bought something from her, whether they were a human or Orisha, she expected to be paid in full. And if they promised to pay later, she always held them to that commitment. Part of her was also curious if his story was even true. Oya wondered if she could trust Ogun, or if he was another tricky Orisha. When Oya arrived at his home, she was pleasantly surprised. It was larger than many homesteads she had seen before. There was a massive main building with a center courtyard. Arranged around it were numerous rooms for Ogun's wives, and surrounding the home was sprawling farmland. Even though Oya preferred to wander freely, there was something safe and inviting about it. As she entered the courtyard, she called out, Ogun, I'm here to collect payment for the seeds. Ogun stepped out of the main house. He was dressed in a clean robe. How about some tea? He said. You can drink it while I get the money. Oya eyed him suspiciously. No offense, I'm just here for the money. Ogun nodded understandingly. Of course, you'd like to be on your way. If I was in your position, I would too. But... Please, I made too much food for my offering to Aoife. Come in and eat with me. Oya looked around. She wasn't in the habit of dining with strange men, especially ones who appeared to have plenty of wives. Besides, she wanted to get back to the wilderness to put on her buffalo skin. That is generous of you, she said finally. But I have a long trip back home. Ogun stepped forward and gently placed his hand on her shoulder. All the more reason to eat before your long journey. Come in, see what I have made. 
Oya felt her stomach rumble. She was hungry. Maybe it wouldn't hurt to just see the food. When she peeked inside the home, though, she was immediately struck, not by the table of culinary delights, but by the decorations. Instead of paintings and sculptures, the walls were covered in spears, knives, and blades. The sight left Oya feeling unsettled and frightened, especially from all her time as a buffalo. She felt the urge to run, until her eyes moved from the walls to the table. It was covered in her favorite treats, yams, wine, and especially Akara fried bean fritters. Suddenly, all her fears melted away and her mouth watered. Her hunger overrode any impulse to flee. Besides, Ogun was right. She did need nourishment before running around as a buffalo. It took a lot of energy to wield the heavy buffalo skin. After a moment, Oya turned to her host. All right, I'll eat with you, she said. But afterward, I'll take the money you owe me and be on my way. Ogun clapped his hands excitedly and led her inside. While they ate, Oya was surprised at how much she enjoyed talking with Ogun. Since he was the chief of the hunters, he too loved the wilderness. Ogun gave her insights into how hunters think, and they loved the same foods. As the night wore on, Oya grew comfortable around him, a little too comfortable. Toward the end of the meal, she started to feel drowsy. She yawned and could barely keep her eyes open. Oya tried to stand up from the table, but suddenly everything went black. When Oya woke up in the middle of the night, she was completely disoriented. She looked around and saw Ogun snoring on the woven mat next to her. She was disappointed in herself for being tricked by the chief of the hunters, but at least she was still clothed. She wondered if the Orisha drugged her or if she simply ate too much. Either way, she didn't want to wait around to find out. She was losing precious time to roam as a buffalo, and she needed to get out of Ogun's home fast. Oya tiptoed out of the home and raced into the wilderness. She ran as fast as she could to the termite mound. But when she reached underneath, she found it was empty. Her buffalo hide was gone. Coming up, Oya learns who stole her buffalo skin. Hi there, it's Carter from ParCast. If you haven't had a chance to check out the riveting true crime series Solved Murders, there's no better time to tune in. Throughout the month of August, Solved Murders is featuring four celebrations that took a turn for the deadly in a special series we're calling Party Fowls. From a murder in the New York nightclub scene and a house party gone horribly wrong, to a terrifying evening at the Tate residence and a sex party with sinister results, go deeper inside for affairs remembered for all the wrong reasons. And if you like what you hear with party fouls and want to uncover more of history's most captivating cases, be sure to follow Solved Murders on Spotify. There you'll find a new episode released every Wednesday. Solved Murders is a Spotify original from ParCast. Listen free only on Spotify. Now back to the story. 
Oya dug desperately through the termite mound with her bare hands. Maybe her previous buffalo skin was just buried a little deeper. But then it started to sink in. It was really gone. She sat back in the dirt and screamed into the night sky. How could she have been so careless? She realized someone must have seen her change forms. But who? And then it came to her. She remembered the strange occurrences of the day. It all started with Ogun staring at her from afar in the market. Then he wanted to buy fried seeds without any money. After that, she made the mistake of going to his home, eating with him, and passing out. Oya shook her head. How could she have been so naive? Ogun must have snuck away and stolen the buffalo hide while she was unconscious. All of a sudden, she stood up from the ground, dusted herself off, and rushed back to Ogun's home. When she arrived, she stormed into the courtyard. Give me back what you stole, she yelled. Ogun emerged into the courtyard, rubbing his eyes sleepily. I don't know what you're talking about. Oya clenched her fists in anger. I know what you did. You drugged me and took my buffalo skin. I want it back. Now. Ogun shrugged his shoulders. I didn't steal anything from you, he said. Enraged, Oya realized they were at a standoff. If Ogun refused to admit it, there was not much she could do. It's not like she could report the theft to anyone. After a moment, she tried a more emotional strategy. Ogun, that buffalo skin is one of my only possessions. My life means nothing without it. Ogun's mouth widened into a mischievous grin. All right, I'll give you back your prized buffalo hide, but only on one condition. Oya felt a mixture of relief and anger. She was relieved that she had found the culprit, but enraged that this man was playing games with her. She should never have sold him those seeds, but now she needed her skin back. Fine, she said. What's the condition? Ogun looked her in the eye. I'll give it back to you only if you marry me. Oya sighed heavily. This was the reason for all his trickery and subterfuge yesterday. She was flattered, but also disappointed that another man wanted to tame her. Most of all, she hated that she'd fallen into Ogun's trap. There didn't seem to be a way out. If Oya refused his proposal, he'd never return her hide, and she'd never roam free as a buffalo again. If she did wed Ogun, she'd lose her freedom as a woman. She'd be a wife and likely end up a mother, bound to the family forever. No matter what she chose, it seemed like she'd lose something. Oya gestured to Ogun's giant compound. You already have many wives. Why do you want to marry me? Ogun smiled genuinely. I made an offering to Ifa for another wife. He explained, I prayed for one who shines brightly like the moon, and Ifa led me to you. Oya listened as Ogun continued, One night in the wilderness, I witnessed you shed your skin. I saw you transform into the beautiful woman you are now. I fell in love with you, with both of your forms. 
Oya was surprised by his words. Until now, no one knew about her secret life. Ogun was aware, and instead of being repulsed by her, he seemed to respect her even more. Oya realized it was actually a relief that someone else knew. Besides, getting hitched to the chief of the hunters could actually help her. During their brief dinner, Oya had learned so much about how huntsmen think. If she married him, she'd learn even more. With this in mind, she proposed a compromise. I'll marry you on one condition. You can't tell anyone about my secret, not even your other wives. Ogun clapped his hands together in celebration. Is that all? Well then, I promise. And so Oya agreed to marry Ogun to get her buffalo skin back. She hoped it was the end of all this deception. Little did she know, it was just the beginning. At first, Oya didn't suspect anything. The wedding was a jovial party with plenty of food, wine, and dancing. During the celebration, Oya met Ogun's three other wives. Foremost among them was Olure, Ogun's first wife, and their de facto leader. Not only was she the oldest and wisest, but she had illustrious origins. The supreme being Olorun specifically created Olure to be the perfect mate for Ogun, and Olure took that role very seriously. She led the other women in welcoming Oya to the family. There was no inherent jealousy or resentment to Ogun having another wife. The women celebrated polygamy as a natural part of Yoruba society. They worked together as a family unit to farm and raise their children. That also meant that they were very protective of the family, and anything that seemed strange caught their attention. At the wedding, Olura noticed something peculiar about Oya. The bride didn't have any family of her own. In Yoruba culture, nuptials were large celebrations involving the extended clans of the groom and bride. But that wasn't the case for Oya, who was completely alone. It made Olura wonder who this beautiful woman was. For now, though, she bit her tongue and waited. A few weeks later, at the family's annual bean harvest, Olure confronted Ogun. On the way to the field, Olure and the other wives cornered Ogun. Who is this Oya really? Olura pressed. There is something strange about her. Ogun shrugged. What does it matter? I love all of you the same. Olure and the other wives weren't satisfied with his response. It made them think that Oya had come from poverty, or worse, that she was a witch who cast a spell on Ogun. Either way, Olure and the other wives refused to help with the red bean harvest, leaving Ogun and Oya to complete the work themselves. After that, the wives' curiosity intensified. They continued to question Ogun about the secretive new wife. Even more alarming, Olura noticed that Oya left for hours every night. When she confronted Ogun about it, he seemed prepared with an explanation. She must like the evening air, he said matter-of-factly. Olure didn't buy it for a second. Ogun's lack of candor caused Olure and the other spouses to snub Oya, making her the family outcast. And Olure even secretly vowed to keep a close eye on Oya's every move. But Oya didn't care. 
Surprisingly, she enjoyed being married to Ogun. She liked having a real home and a companion who cooked her Akara bean fritters whenever she asked. She even quit selling her seeds at the market. But most of all, Oya was relieved to still have her freedom to wander as a buffalo at night. As the years went on, Oya found even more joy in an unexpected source, motherhood. At first, Oya bristled at the thought of any type of responsibility, let alone having children who depended on her. Soon, though, she had four babies with Ogun, and she loved them more than anything, including her life as a buffalo. Oya was surprised that she preferred caring for her sons and daughters than sneaking out for her nightly romp in the wilderness. Instead, she remained around the compound, raising the children and growing closer to Ogun. Since they shared a deep love for the wilderness, Oya eventually became Ogun's favorite wife. Of course, that was unacceptable to Olure and the other wives. They'd been married to Ogun longer, so they believed they should be the most intimate with him. One night, Olure secretly gathered the other wives around a fire, all except Oya. Olura explained the stakes. This outsider had come in and was ruining their family. There was only one thing they could do. They had to uncover Oya's secrets and use them to destroy her. Coming up, Oya is forced to make a choice between her two lives. Now back to the story. One night, while Oya was busy with her children in their private hut, Olure and the other wives put their devious plan into action. In the main building, they threw a huge feast for Ogun, lavishing him with food, wine, and dancing. All evening, they served him Akara bean fritters and his favorite Yoruba delicacies. They played music and danced together. It seemed like a joyful party. As Ogun enjoyed the night, though, Olure made sure that his cup was filled with wine. Soon, the chief of the hunters was so inebriated, he couldn't stand up. That's when Olure and the wives decided to strike. They entreated him to relax on a soft pillow. They stroked his forehead to ease his nausea. Olure used the opportunity to speak with him. My esteemed husband, we are sorry Oya could not be here for this feast. We'd like to throw her one, but we don't know anything about her. Where did you meet her? Ogun tried to focus through his drunken state. It seemed like an innocent enough request. He wondered if the women were finally coming around to Oya. I, I saw her in the forest, he whispered, slurring his words. Olure and the wives looked at each other. Their trick was working. Olure caressed Ogun's cheek. Why was she in the forest? Ogun's head swayed under the effect of the wine. That's where she shed her skin, he mumbled. Olure had him right where she wanted him. What kind of skin? She pressed. Before Ogun could answer, though, his eyes closed and he started snoring. Olure shook him awake. Ogun, Ogun, tell us about the skin. Ogun's eyes opened suddenly. Buffalo, he shouted and passed out again. 
Olura and the wives couldn't believe it. They finally knew what Oya's secret was. She lived a double life as a filthy, wild animal. Certainly not the behavior of a true goddess or bride. Still, Olure wanted more proof than the words of her drunk husband. She and the other wives went to work, searching the house. If Oya had a secret animal skin, it might be hidden somewhere in their compound. Sure enough, they found something hidden in a basket in Ogun's room, a giant buffalo hide. They looked at it in awe. It was bigger than most skins and had a crimson aura that they had never seen before. Olura decided they needed to hide it somewhere new, somewhere Oya wouldn't be able to find it. Then they would wait. The next morning, Ogun called the wives to harvest the red bean farm again. While Oya was occupied in her hut with her children, she heard a knock at her door. When she opened it, she saw Olure and the other wives gathered. Oya, aren't you ready for harvesting? Olure asked. Oya shook her head and gestured to the kids running around her. I'll be there soon. It's been a busy morning. Olure gestured to the other mothers. We have children and we're ready, so hurry up. Oya nodded, embarrassed. I'll be there soon. Olura shook her head with disdain. Take your time. She paused for effect and then added, It seems you move slower than a buffalo. Oya's jaw dropped open. What did you just say to me? She asked. Olure grinned and chuckled. Some of the other wives even made grunting noises to imitate a buffalo. Olure wagged her finger at Oya. Ogun told us your secret. We even found your precious buffalo skin. The ladies sauntered away, laughing even louder. As Oya watched them go, her cheeks burned with embarrassment. She realized that Ogun had broken the one condition of their marriage. He had revealed her secret to the other wives. And now they taunted her with insults and animal noises. Oya knew it wouldn't stop as long as she lived there. She'd always be the red buffalo woman to them. Seething in her anger, Oya's heart beat faster and faster. She wasn't sure what to do. For better or worse, she and her children were now part of a family, and the children were happy. So was she. Oya didn't want to ruin everything over a petty squabble. If Ogun was willing to compromise and accept her secret, maybe Olure and the other wives could too. Suddenly, however, one of Oya's daughters came running from the field. She grabbed her mother's dress, crying. Oya picked her up. What's wrong, little one? She asked. The toddler wiped the tears from her eyes. The other kid said I'm a buffalo baby. What does that mean, Mommy? Oya looked into her daughter's eyes. At that moment, she knew there would be no compromise or acceptance from the other wives. Oya could take the ridicule, but involving her children was the last straw. She knew she had only one choice, revenge and she wouldn't rest until Ogun and the wives paid the ultimate price. 
As Oya comforted her daughter, she came up with a plan. First, she needed her children to be safe. She sent them to play in the courtyard at the center of the compound. Then, Oya searched the property for her buffalo hide. Finally, she found it tucked away in a dusty corner of the roof rafters. Oya seethed with anger. Not only had the wives stolen her buffalo skin, they got it dirty, too. As Oya scrubbed off the grime, she reminisced about her younger years, roaming wild and free. Even though she hadn't thought about that life for a while, it suddenly came flooding back to her. She realized she missed it. But Oya also loved her children. She wished there was a way for her to live as both a buffalo and a mother. Finding the answer to that dilemma would have to wait, though. There was an urgent matter to handle. Once the buffalo skin was clean, Oya slipped into it, transforming back into her beloved beast. Inside the animal, Oya's anger grew tenfold. Her keen eyes focused on Olure and the other women, laughing in the red bean field. Oya's snout flared. She let out a grunt and charged out of the home, across the field. After a moment, Olura and the wives heard the hooves pounding on the ground. Then they noticed the buffalo coming straight at them. They knew it must be Oya. Run! Olura yelled. But Oya was too fast. She was on them immediately. First, she set her sights on Olure. She chased her down and trampled her. Olure's arm bent in an unnatural way, and blood leaked from her nose. But she was still alive. Oya swung her huge body around and stared at the old wife. Olure held up her hands in front of her. Please, Oya, I'm sorry. We'll accept you. But it was too late. The damage had been done. Oya lowered her head and charged again. Her sharp horns plunged through Olure's ribs and ripped through her back. Oya felt vindicated, but she wasn't done just yet. She still had two more wives to kill. She wheeled around and charged after them. One fell in the red bean field, and Oya stomped her flat into the hard earth. The last one she caught up to and stabbed through the eye. When Oya was done, she looked back at the trail of bloody corpses littering the farm. It saddened her. But the wives had brought this on themselves. Still, Oya knew it wasn't over yet. There was one more individual who had crossed her. Oya searched the farm and finally found who she was looking for, Ogun. He hid in a barn, trembling. When he saw her, he held up his hands in surrender. Oya, you are the unstoppable red buffalo woman. You're fierce, independent, and mighty. Please don't hurt me. She grunted at him and removed part of the skin, revealing her mouth. You broke your promise, she screamed. You told the other wives my secret. Ogun broke down and cried. Don't kill me because of their jealousy. Do you remember the day we met? We had a wonderful dinner of yams, akara, and wine. Please spare the hunter who hosted you, gave you a home, and four children. 
Oya stared at her husband, angry that he was once again trying to manipulate her. She stomped her hooves, readying to charge at him. But then Ogun reached into his pocket and revealed an Akara bean fritter. In tears, he held it out to Oya. This was going to be my lunch, but please take it and let me live. Oya halted at the sight of her favorite food. She devoured the Akara, then turned back to Ogun. His betrayal would scar her forever, and she knew they could never go back to the way they were. But she couldn't bring herself to kill the father of her children. Her huge, hulking body let out a great sigh. I will spare your life on one condition. You must take care of our sons and daughters. Ogun nodded. Of course! I'll do anything if you don't kill me. Oya backed away, a weight entering her heart, but also a sense of excitement. Now that she was back in her skin, she remembered the smells and sounds of the forest and the way they filled her up with purpose and a sense of balance. Softly now, she explained to Ogun, his wives had hurt her, but their treachery had reminded her of something. However much she loved her children, her real home was in the forest. She made him promise to take care of them for as long as he lived. He said he understood. Before he could change his mind or she could change hers, she turned and left him. Oya lumbered to the courtyard where she had left her children to play. When she arrived, her sons and daughters saw the giant buffalo and screamed. Oya lifted up her skin to reveal her face. There's nothing to be scared of, children. It's your mother. The children shook their heads. No, you're a buffalo and you belong in the forest. Oya realized convincing them could take hours, even days, and there was a chance the other wives' older children might try to kill her. So she settled on the easy explanation. Yes, I am a buffalo. I'm heading back to the forest, but I need you to remember something. She broke off a piece of her horn and gave it to her children. Whenever you need something from your mother, just use this. Call out to me and say my name, Oya, and I'll always answer to it. Oya stepped closer to her children to hug them one last time, but they cowered in fear. She wanted desperately to hug them, but her imposing form made it impossible. Tears streamed down her red, furry cheeks. Farewell, my children, Oya said. Then she turned and galloped away. Before disappearing into the tree line, Oya stopped and glanced back at her brood. She saw them standing in the yard and holding the piece of her horn. After a second, they waved to her. It gave her hope that one day they'd understand why she needed to leave, why she had to be the Red Buffalo Woman forever. It might come as a surprise that in Yoruba culture, the red buffalo woman wasn't used as a cautionary tale about marriage. In fact, it was utilized to heal sick people, though not from the cold or flu. 
According to Judith Gleason's book, Oya, in praise of an African goddess, the story was used to help people who suffered from lack of self. Yoruba healers incorporated the story into elaborate rituals using other buffalo-themed treatments. Some individuals received a medicinal concoction from a plant called buffalo leaf. But many believed the most powerful part of the process was the story itself. Healers contended that just hearing the tale of red buffalo woman would inspire others to commune with Oya and develop their own sense of self. And of course, the story came with a subtle threat. If they didn't heal or find their way, Oya just might suddenly appear and trample through their lives, leaving no survivors. Thanks again for listening to Tales. We'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Tales and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free exclusively on Spotify. Join me next week for another dark and surprising fairy tale. Tales is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Tales was written by Mallory Cara, with writing assistance by Adam De Silva and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Adriana Romero, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, listeners, it's Carter. Here's a quick reminder to check out the Solved Murders four-part special Party Fouls. Every Wednesday in August, take a closer look at four celebrations that ended in horrific fashion. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Solved Murders. Listen free only on Spotify.